The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. All right, welcome to the Canal Street Chronicles podcast. It's the off-season, people. I'm your host, Ralph Palmer. We are joined always by our fearless leader, Nick Cariello, who's playing pool and possibly drunk. Kevin Held, who is drunk and possibly working. Uh, we have so much to get to. Uh, we have so much to get to. First, we'll start off with some actual Saints news. Uh, Aaron Cromer is going to the Bears to coach with Mark Tressman, who used to coach the Montreal Alouettes or whatever the fuck they are, he's going to be offensive coordinator. He's going to call plays. Um, so, Dave, I'll start with you. Twitter didn't seem too upset about the loss uh, of Mr. Cromer because I think their their judgment's clouded from the two and four uh, semi disaster that his interim interim stint was. I think it's a pretty big loss. How big a, a loss is Aaron Cromer? You know, I may I may have to agree with the masses. I wasn't really that upset. Um, and by the way, I found out about it while I was working, but I found out about it on Canal Street Chronicles because David Kelly had a post up real quick about it. Uh, so kudos to him. But uh, I, uh, I, I, I got to admit, I mean, even though he went two and four, it's not so much of a record, but I got to admit, he just kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. I think maybe it's his, maybe it's his attitude or his demeanor. Um, which is just calm, and he's just really, he had sort of a, an apathetic air about him. And, uh, I'm not saying that he was apathetic, he just, he just sort of gave off that impression. Um, so, I, I know, I'm not really that crazy about it. I'm not really sure there's a big deal because, um, you know, the things have always had a, at least a decent offensive line. You know, 08, 09, they had a, a great offensive line. And I think the difference between them being great and them being so-so is just through who they have playing, who's on the yeah. line. Uh, so I, I think more importantly, it's about who they get to play, not so much uh, who they get to uh, who they get to be a you know just a positional coach. So I'm, I'm really not that upset about it. Kevin, I I tend to disagree with Dave in that he had he had a Pro Bowler at every spot. Uh, he made Brian De La Puente a player. He got. Uh, John Stinchcomb to a Pro Bowl. Uh, how, do, how do you know that he? How do we? How do we know that he made Brian Dela Puente a player? Well, he's the I mean, coach. That, and, and that, I, that's the problem. I, well, I understand that, but I mean that's the problem I have. Is how, yeah. Well, it, the, it's so difficult. It's so difficult to determine how much is on the player yeah. and how much is on the coach. And there's a lot of coaches. How do we know that it was Cromer? How, 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 I mean, you know, what if it was somebody else? I, I, I just I don't know. I, I really don't know. Well, Kevin, my main my main fear. How, how much? I'm going to lay out worst-case scenario to you, and you tell me whether it's likely or not. My worst-case scenario is that Aaron Cromer was a big part of what the offensive line was doing, and he coached them up, and he made them what they were to a certain extent. And if the offensive line falls apart, that means Drew, Drew Brees gets hit more, and if Drew Brees gets hit, hit more, he's likely to get injured. Drew Brees gets injured, the Saints are fucked. So that's why I'm more concerned – about Aaron Cromer lever leaving than I would be another position coach. Uh, I understand the concern. I'm, I, I, 
and of course, I'm going to be the guy who sort of <laughs> takes phases of both of what you guys are saying and tries to spin it into my own uh, opinion here. Uh, I think that that the players on the Saints were good already, and he probably got a little bit more out of them. I mean, the the the, the thing about De La Puente is uh, if he was if he was that good to begin with, you know. He would have been. He would have been starting. Somebody would have picked him up somewhere. So, so the team had to have seen him and, and had some high evaluation of him in order to get him on the team. And he, they plugged him in. He fit. He worked. And and maybe that's part of the. Uh, maybe that's uh, a benefit of the coaches and, and the, the practice and training regimen, and, and and the way they quote unquote coach him up. I think the real telling thing is going to be. What happens when he goes and and how he does in Chicago? Their line sucks. If he goes to Chicago, if he goes to right, because their line's terrible. If he goes to Chicago and Jay Cutler continues to get pummeled in the backfield, and if the running game doesn't do jack shit, then we can look at Aaron Cromer and say that all this then retroactively reflects negatively on his stint as the OC. Uh, Not to the extent that he's like he was holding anybody down back here. But he doesn't coach him it up. Just, it, but, it, but it just further proves his point that it's not a huge loss. Yeah. Uh, you know, and what's funny, and what's funny, and I've, I've mentioned this before, and I'll mention it again, and I'll beat this drum until I'm blue in the face. But if we're all in agreement that the Saints, you know, found De La Fuente and, and, and made him a player and, and made him a starter, uh, you know, it's just funny because when do we ever have these conversations without guys on the other side of the ball? When do we ever have discussions about, <laughs> about oh yeah, the Saints found this guy and Never. Yeah, they really coached them up, and, and, and yeah, I know. And it's just, it's just Never. so funny because whenever we have these, whenever we have these conversations uh, about hidden gems or diamonds in the rough or getting lucky or finding the right guy, it is never on the defense. And, and so, so you know, if, if, if Ralph and Kevin are going to agree that um, maybe the coaching is, you know, a factor in this, then that that, that begs the question. What the fuck is wrong with the defensive coaches? Everybody oh, should be fired. Or, I, I, I mean, come on. You know, I, I mentioned Bill Johnson the other day. It's like, why do some of these people still have jobs? They they fail to do. They fail to equal uh, what their offensive counterparts are doing. Yeah. So I, I just I, I I don't understand it. I really don't understand it. Part of me wonders if maybe it's Vitt. I mean, Vitt is a guy who who will never be fired as long as Sean Payton is there. Uh, and so, you know, part of me wonders, maybe, maybe this sucks at it, but, you know, Sean Payton obviously is more of an offensive guy. He's not a defensive guy, so he's got to rely on somebody. Uh, I, I don't know. Hopefully, Spagnuolo, uh, will have a say in, a, a huge say in, in who they draft and maybe who they go after in free agency, and maybe this will finally be, uh, you know, the year where all that changes. But, I mean, you know, this is just ridiculous. It's just, it's just fucking ridiculous. Well, the only diamond in the rough that I can say that they've found on defense, and he was really only a diamond in the rough for one year, was Anthony Hargrove. They got him off the scrappy. scrappy right. There you go. Fair enough. He was really, but, he, but Dave, he was, only, he was really, really good in 2009, and ever since then he's been a borderline barely can make a team guy. I mean, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that they coached him up for one year, but he didn't. he didn't. He didn't progress any. Um, Kevin, I would edge. I would. I would. I would I, I'm sorry. I would add Jolon Dunbar on that list yeah. because it's like look. 
I accept the yeah, yeah, oh, it, it, here's, here's what I'm saying. He leaves New Orleans, and he comes to St. Louis. And this is why I'm throwing it out. He comes to St. Louis, and occasionally I'm driving around on a Sunday when the Rams are playing and the Saints aren't. And I'm constantly hearing my Joel Dunbar making a tackle, Joel Dunbar making a play. The commentators are high on Joel Dunbar. The drive-time sports guys in the afternoon, whenever they mention Joel Dunbar, they have wonderful things to say about him. And, 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 like, you know, just... Okay, he has to leave New Orleans for that to happen, Kevin. You're proving my point is that the, that the Saints coaches couldn't do that, and he has to leave and go to another team to, to, to get coached up. Touche. Touche. <laughs> Dave, you you win that fucking argument, my friend. Plus one. I'll have to write that up in the, the recap. Some kind of win that some kind of way. Dave just Dave just he dominated us, Kevin. He 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 just dominated. I don't know what to say. Um, now let's get to the really important stuff. Um, if America can ask President Obama to build a Death Star, then we figured, hey, let's get a petition and ask. Obama to issue an executive order and give the Saints the second-round pick back. Um, we have 208 signatures so far. Go to Canal Street Chronicles and sign that motherfucker. 208. I thought we'd do a little bit better than that. I know, and, and I, if, we, if we'd have done it the day before, if we'd have published it, we'd only need 25,000 signatures, but now you need 100. I know, the Death Star really fucked us. The, the Death, death, star, the death star, Obama was like... Can we get an intern on that? They still got like 50 petitions that they got to answer because they got the 25,000 signatures. Obama was like, fuck that shit. Make it 100K. We're not deterred, though. We're not deterred. You have to do it in a month. I know. It's not going to happen. But, um, no, no, it's not. Uh, and we knew that going in. People. We knew that going in. I would say if we can get to 1,000 signatures, I'll be pumped. You know, if we could just get a, you know, Andrew Jude, who comes on this podcast, he had a good idea. He was he was helping to retweet, like, players, and hopefully, like, a player would retweet it to, like, 40,000 followers, and then you get the ball rolling. Um, or I was hoping, like, maybe the, the NOLA.com, because they'll post some stupid shit on the front of their website. Maybe they think it was funny, but, you know, we still got a month. It could happen. Um Chronicles, we have no shame. Well, you know, we just need to build... You know, and and and, and Kevin, uh, you know, on a scale like if you compare our petition to the Declaration of Independence, like how how do they how do they how do they how do they stack up? Well, I, well, you see, it's, I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I in in our email correspondence uh, after we had finished, I, I threw out the link to the scene from the John Adams miniseries. Uh, where uh, where it's Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, and Ben Franklin, and they're just you know they're hashing shit out, and I was like, well, that's the three of us right there. It is. So, we pay too much I time. Petition, by the way. Oh yeah, I, I mean it's only 800 characters, and we and there were I don't know four four drafts maybe, and then minor revisions made in each version of the draft. It, it, it was a lot of time for 800 uh, characters. Yeah. We were Thanks to Reed, by the way, from Saints Win. He contributed a lot, too. We, we don't want to leave him out. Um, Kevin, uh, I'm sorry, Dave, uh, as, you know, we may mention the petition. Do you have anything else to add on the petition before I try to steer it back to up more football actual news? No, I think it's pretty straight to the point. Is. And you know, so go, go, ahead, go ahead and find. The thing is, the last thing is, 
people, we know you hate Goodell, and at least this can be a sort of show of like the middle finger to him or something. You know, we know because basically any column that I do on WWL, I try to work in something about Goodell being terrible in the headline because it's guaranteed to get like four times as much traffic as any other column I do. So we know you hate Goodell, and this is an outlet for you to channel that hate and anger. And, uh, yeah, I mean, look, if, if nobody hated Goodell, then Mayor Landrew wouldn't have to go and say to the people of the city, now everybody behaves when Roger Goodell comes to town. If, if, if the city didn't loathe Roger Goodell, uh, uh, Jeff Duncan wouldn't have to write some retarded nonsense saying that Roger Goodell is the is the best friend Nola's ever had and all that kind of nonsense. But well, the fact of the matter is, the people of the city or the the Saint fans don't like Roger Goodell. Well, so put, sign the petition. Well, the sign put it, the petition. Put it this way: This is how much I know people hate Goodell. Okay, my column that I did a couple of weeks ago about him. Uh, saying that he's ru- he's ruining the 2013 season as well. It's done almost 30. It did almost 30,000 hits in a week. To put that in comparison, the second best column that I ever did at WWL was post NFC Championship, and that did like 18,000. So that's how much people they just want to read about. Somebody hates Goodell. Hell yeah, I'll read that. So I mean, people go there, sign it, and maybe get you know if ESPN if they're not too busy. Uh, uh, doing pieces on Manti Teo's fake girlfriend and how she died of cancer, maybe they'll mention the petition in, you know, Super Bowl week. Um, they, as far as actual so, state- that was a, a really sad story, by the way. <laughs> that, that poor girl <laughs> died of cancer, got into a car accident. And she was as real as Santa Claus. <laughs> she was as real <laughs> as Santa. Uh, Kevin, you're a Notre Dame fan, as everyone knows. Um, does, how I didn't much- know that. A loser. How much does this taint? How much does this taint the uh, the Notre Dame season of twelve and zero and playing for the national title? Uh, I don't think it taints that. It definitely taints my perception of 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 him as a guy. I mean, look, grandmother did. It's very, it's very George Costanza ish. Oh, it is. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm surprised, didn't, I'm surprised he didn't say he had a house in the Hamptons. <laughs> his grandmother did die, and you know what? I got a modicum of sympathy for him for that, but and and, and I, I got a big lead up here. Uh, if if it turns out that he really was the victim of a hoax, He's... and that, and that there were people who scammed him and made him think that he had a girlfriend through some sort of crazy means, he's undrafted. He if that's true, he's undrafted. Oh, no, no, no. Well, if, if he was fooled into this, then, then then he's got my complete sympathy, and the people who did it to him need to be persecuted and prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. That being said, I don't believe that is the case. And frankly, I think – I, I, I kind of hope that, that Manti Teo doesn't get drafted. I mean, I know that's not going to happen. I know somebody's going to draft him, but I, I hope this reflects poorly on him in the draft. I hope that his stock falls uh, tremendously, and and I kind of hope that he becomes a laughing stock. I hope when he plays in the NFL, that opposing players make as much fun of him as humanly possible, 
and 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 let him have it. Because here's the thing: I watched I watched several games that Notre Dame played this season, and the Michigan State game is took place right after his grandmother died and his alleged girlfriend died. The reporter interviewed him right after the game on the field, asked him how he felt about his grandmother dying and his girlfriend dying. She mentioned that to him. He didn't correct her or anything like that. He did, his face didn't do some weird twitch to indicate he was lying. He just he flat out said that my family has been supportive of me and my girlfriend's family has been supportive of me. So he's acknowledging the family of a woman that never existed. I've read a quote somewhere saying that he met her at Stanford somewhere or some time ago and that their eyes met in a crowd and that's how they met. His dad apparently was quoted as saying somewhere that she visited uh, Manti Teo in Hawaii and they hung out there. So I, so at the very least, at the very least, I believe, I believe, not I know for a fact, but I believe that Manti Teo is complicit in this in some fashion. And, 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 and the, fact that, the fact that Notre Dame holds a press conference claiming he's the victim of some, ridiculous, of some elaborate hoax and, and, and that everybody, you know, ESPN and the media uh, seems to be just eating that up wholesale right now. Is, is ridiculous. I mean, people need to be asking questions like, wait a minute, if this is a hoax, then explain how Manti Teo is acknowledging his girlfriend's family or all these other instances of this or that. This is one of those things where the quote-unquote illegitimate media is going to take the lead. Uh, I mean, obviously they, they, they took the lead already because Deadspin's the one that broke the story. Crushed it. some gigantic expose, and, and it was a brilliant read. And that's why they had the news conference to begin with. But you're going to see, you're going to see Deadspin, you're going to see the big lead, you're going to see the, the quote-unquote illegitimate media guys. They're going to be the ones that are going to be asking the tough questions, and they are going to have to drag the legitimate media, the national talking heads, the national people who don't like to ruffle any feathers, who don't, who don't like to, you know, raise, who don't like to, you know, ask tough questions for fear that they might lose future interviews. They're going to have to go to them. And 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 basically make them ask the tough questions. Dave, uh, Manti yep. Teo, I, have to, I suspect that he'll end up being—he's either the dumbest person alive, and he'll end up being a punchline in an SNL skit, or he's the best lie. He's like Bill Clinton, good at lying. So my question to you is: Do you want him on the Saints? And don't say, well, if he's good, I wouldn't give a shit. Of course that, if he ends up being all pro and he played for the Saints, we wouldn't care if he made up, you know, he made up a girlfriend. But right now, do you want the Saints? Would you want him on the Saints team? Right now I have no idea because I, I, you know, I agree with Kevin. I think he wasn't pushing this somehow. So, I don't know, the whole thing is sketchy. There's there's either a chemical imbalance there or there's um, uh, a – cognizant uh, will to, to to deceive, which is, I'm not crazy about either. Um, it, it, it's too early, to, too early really to tell. Uh, right now, I would say no, because he's just going to be just just grab so much attention, and, and uh, you know, and, and it wouldn't even matter who else the Saints drafted if they took him. Everybody would just be talking about this stuff. I, I think we need to see see what happens and let the dust settle. And the whole thing is just. Absolutely bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. 
And one last thing on this, Kevin, on a scale of like one to ten on the holy shit meter when you read that, where did it rank on like any sports story that you ever had heard about or covered or anything? I was like, holy shit. I, it, it it blew my mind. <laughs> yeah, oh, I mean, absolutely. I mean, you know, sports story, I, 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 I think this is this is going to be... Anderson Cooper was talking here. about it. It's crossed over. I, I mean, this this trumps this trumps Lance Armstrong talking to Oprah. This trumps Chip Kelly uh, ditching the Ducks and going to the Eagles. This trumps anything else you're going to hear this week or in in this entire like uh, like season. I think at the end of the year, this is one of the top sports stories of the year. It trumps. And in, ter- and in terms of like what the fuck with sports stories. Uh, I'd, I'd say it's probably an eight or a nine in terms of even news stories, like all news stories. I'd say it's, I'd say it's at least a six. You, you say, man, that, that's going to, that's, 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 go ahead, Dave. Dave, you there? What, what, yeah, what, yeah. what? I was going to say it, it trumps, it, it trumped Oprah for God's sake. That's true, Kevin. That's a great point. I mean, Lance Armstrong. We already, knew, we, we, already knew, we already know. Well, well, we already knew that Lance Armstrong is a fucking liar. So I mean, this this was this was new. This was a fresh yeah. thing. So I mean, I would say as for as as of now, it definitely Trump Armstrong. Yeah. Well, it's that'll be that'll be interesting. So, um, you know, we'll wrap up on this, Kevin. We got to get the. We'll have to. We were going to do James Bond, full disclosure, but we're not. We're gonna. Me and Kevin are gonna have to go back and forth so we can exchange notes and really go go at each other for our top James Bond movies. And Dave, since he's never even heard of James Bond, apparently, we'll have to just uh, sit in and listen. I guess. Um, you might learn something, Dave. <laughs> All right. Final topic. Uh, Drew Brees caught a little bit of shit. Uh, this week on the, on the Twitters, uh, uh, one for going to a Justin Bieber concert with his kids, and second of all, he got ripped by Phil McConkey, who was an ex-giant who played on their Super Bowl teams in the '80s, saying that Drew Brees doesn't respect retired players enough. So people on Twitter were like, "Is Drew Brees a douchebag?" Um, I say, "No, he's not a douchebag." He brought his kids to Justin Bieber. I mean, I wouldn't admit that publicly on Twitter, but if he's secure enough, that's his thing. Uh, Kevin, your thoughts? Um, I, I, I got into like a, like, I wouldn't even say an argument or even a debate. I, I had an exchange of ideas, if you will, with uh, with uh, with Angry Hudat, who who you know was calling him a douche, and there were other people who were uh, seconding that uh, that notion, but. I, I, I started thinking, you know, douche is definitely a little bit too harsh for Drew Brees. I mean, yeah, the guy likes to shill for, for products and corporations and stuff, and, and that's that's what he's into, and, you know, that that, that, that makes him kind of like a big-time corporate guy. And, yeah, he's, you know, he's political in a sense. He's one of the leaders of the, of the union, or he's, you know, taking the fight to get down in those, uh, in those uh, negotiations last year, and or two years ago, and and everybody seems to suspect that that, there, that, that there's more to him than meets the eye. But at the same time, he's he's just he's like most other suburbanite white 
dads who, you know, if, if he wasn't playing football, he would be driving a minivan. Like, he would be driving a minivan, he would be shuttling the boys around to soccer and basketball, and, he'd, you know, he would be he would be the team dad. Like, he would be the guy bringing all the equipment to places and stuff like that, and he'd be hanging out with the, with the other dads, drinking, like, Michelob Ultra or Miller 64 or some locale beer because he's trying to watch his weight or some crap like that, and, he, you know, he'd probably be talking about, you know, looking in the hair plugs or some crap like that. Like, he's that guy. And yeah. it, 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 it's, I mean, he is, he is our future in a sense. Like, and I, I know I'm getting a little too meta here, but it's like, he's our future. He just, he, he's a regular he's, guy. He's my future mayor. Your future mayor. Right. Well, the right. thing. He's, he's, he's a regular guy who just happens to be able to throw a football for over 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns. And is able to, you know, command uh, command the respect of other men. I mean, that's that's the thing that separates me. And I'm not I'm not saying that that it's that it's a sheet of paper that separates us from him. It's not. But him, him on his days off, he's just he's a dork. He's yeah. a dork. And I, that's, that's a, him being a dork. Like, like that's Jay a better Cutler word than douche. He's a dork. Jay Cutler's a douchebag. Mark yeah. Sanchez comes off as a douchebag. Cam Newton, douchebag. Drew Brees is just a dork. And kind of wholesome, like a wholesome dork, kind of. Right. You know, you know here the, the thing is that, that Dave, that, and I read this, I think it was yesterday, maybe Monday, is that they were talking about the people that made the most money in endorsements, and Rory, Rory McIlroy signed like a $200 million endorsement deal. But on the list, Drew Brees was ahead of Peyton Manning. And I just think it's one of those things where Saints fans were kind of, it's just something that we we can't really grasp that, like, Drew Brees is this fucking, that the Saints have this megastar quarterback that's making all these endorsements, and you see him every 20 seconds, Nike will, and this and that. And it just, it's weird. So we don't doing have, it all via Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> he is. <laughs> you know? Uh, no, but I wanted to weigh in on this, because being the only father of this, little triumvirate that we've got here. Uh, you know, I think if you give Drew Brees shit for taking his son to a fever concert, I mean, I think that's ridiculous. Uh, you know, my son's not old enough to talk, let alone have an interest in, in anything. But if my son was interested in Justin Bieber and he likes Justin Bieber, uh, I'm taking him. And anything that puts a smile on my son's face, I'll, I'll do. Whether that makes me look silly or whether that's something I may not enjoy, but I, I would do it anyway. And I think Drew Brees is just being a kick-ass dad. So, uh, you know, if you think he's a douchebag for taking some to a super concert, you're the douchebag. Yeah, you know. I, and actually, with that, I'm, go- I'm, I'm out of here. Later, yeah. boys. Thank all you. Right. It's been real. All right. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. He's out. He's out. He ended on a high note. Um, right. Oh, Kevin, it's – He's throwing uh, power punches this entire, uh, this entire time. Was, um, he He just he – do- he, he dominated the Aaron Cromer. Uh, debate in a way that was uh, spectacular. Um, so Kevin, let's let's wrap this up. You know, uh, we're heading towards the off season, uh, and I wish I should have brought this up early. But how much do you think Roger Goodell being a flat out dick, and that's what he's being—he's being a flat out dick, not letting Sean Payton come back 
uh, before the Super Bowl. How much effect do you think that's going to have on 2013? Well, it, it, a lot because now, now we know Cromer's gone. Cromer's now gone. There's no guarantee Pete Carmichael staying. I mean, it's possible Pete Carmichael can get an OC job somewhere else. I mean, shit, Chip Kelly just ditched Oregon after being rumored to be leaving Oregon, and Chip Kelly uh, likes to run some kind of crazy-ass uh, offense that, that apparently is sort of being implemented in the NFL currently by Belichick. Chip, you know, Chip Kelly may look at somebody like Pete Carmichael and just say, you know what, I'd like to bring you on as the OC and give you a shot and, and get your thoughts on running a high-power thing, or shit, bring him in for an interview. Pick his brain, see what he, see what he thinks about stuff. He could go there or, you know, any number of other places where, where there's still openings. I mean, there's guys that are getting fired still. The Jacksonville guy in San Diego, they just hired the new guy. Uh, so there's still positions to be filled in which Carmichael could get picked off for. So the sad thing is that now we can't talk to any of these. Well, we can, but Sean Payton's not allowed to have any input allegedly, but Hey, I go back to the thing I said a couple of weeks ago. If I'm Mickey Loomis, I get a phone, I get a uh, prepaid phone with Sean Payton, and I start talking to him. Uh, it, it, it's, that's that's the only that's the only two ways about it. I mean, you, you know, when Drew Brees was on the Dan Patrick show today, uh, he was saying how the league never gave specific instructions to him or to some of the players about whether or not they could talk to Sean Payton right now. He made it it, it sounded a little. It sounded a little weird when Dan Patrick asked him, you know, have you had contact with him at all? Drew sort of hesitated and was like, no. You know, it makes me think, well, hell, maybe he did say hi to him or something. Or maybe he did have a brief conversation but didn't want to say that because he didn't want to get Sean Payton in any trouble, which is fine. I got no problem with it because, you know, that's my team. But, you know, if I'm if I'm Mickey Loomis, I'm trying to get in touch with – I'm trying to get – you know, some line of communication to him somehow and just say, look, pick out some guys that you would like or that you wouldn't like, and we will uh, we'll try and find them and, and, and see about hiring somebody because it's, you know, we're going to lose somebody else. I, I just, I, I just have this nagging, just this bad feeling that, that there's something else that there's something else looming. I don't know what. Just I just had this bad vibe that something else is just looming out there with uh, with Goodell like stringing wow, us along somehow. That's a negative. That's a that's a that's a fun thought for the middle of January. That, yeah. Jesus. If, if, if something. Com- yeah. Compounded compounded by the fact that the NFC representative in the Super Bowl is either going to be the goddamn San Francisco 49ers or the motherfucking Atlanta Falcons. All right. We'll we'll end on we'll end on this. You gotta root for San Francisco. You can't. Unfortunately, you unfortunately. can't. Root. Look, I know you gotta hold your nose, but but the thing is, San Francisco, like Saints fans, have this pent this hatred of San Francisco for all they did to us in the '80s and '90s and last year. But San Francisco fans, they don't even acknowledge that Saints fans exist. It's like it's like somebody that you see at a Christmas party, and you're like, I hate that motherfucking dude, and he doesn't even really know that you exist. Atlanta is like your 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 douchebag cousin. You hate him and he hates you. If Atlanta goes to the Super Bowl in New Orleans and would fucking win, 
we would never, you never will hear the end of it because you play them twice a year for all eternity. So you got to root for San Francisco. You just, you just do. I know it's Jim oh, Harbaugh. Yeah, I, I, I agree. You know? I agree. I, I mean, look, personally, personally, I'm kind of rooting for a meteor. Uh, well, but after that, you know, but failing that, uh, I, I guess I'll have to root for, for Frisco. And, uh, you know, maybe I'll root for a, uh, a 3 nothing double overtime, uh, you know, boring-ass game in which guys just get the shit beaten out of them the entire time. And that way, whoever comes out of the AFC wins. I'm going to end up either having to root for Tom Brady to win another Super Bowl and give Bill Simmons a giant boner, or I'm going to have to root for Ray Murder to go out on, a, on the ultimate high note and to, and to give all the Joe Flacco lovers reason to call him elite. So uh, this is a no-win situation for Saints fans. I hate Lake. No I- I hate Ray Lewis so much. I wouldn't root for Atlanta against Baltimore, but I'd root for San Francisco against Baltimore. But here's the thing. I'm going to say this, Kevin, and this is going to sound really strange, but Atlanta beating Seattle was, to me, as disappointing a loss as any the Saints had during 2012, and I'm going to tell you why. If Atlanta had lost to to Seattle on Sunday. That would have been like a meteor hitting their franchise and destroying it forever. They would have never recovered from blowing a 20 nothing halftime lead. They would have been done. They'd have talked about fire in their coach. They'd have been bringing it up for five years. They'd, they'd have been That team would have been set back a generation. That would have been like the ball between Bill Buckner's legs or Bartman. And for it to be or, so, or, 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 or the Saints. I mean, or the Saints in the late '80s. They were beating Philly at, at halftime. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, that's the kind of thing. I mean, that's the kind of thing that that that, that sets you back for, you know, for more yeah, than a decade. I mean, they would have they would have been mind fucked for for close to a generation. Yeah, but the thing is that Philly game is only that that Philly game is only known to Saints fans. If Atlanta had blown a twenty nothing lead. NFL Films would have done a two-hour retrospective on that son of a bitch, um, and and that and that would have made it all the more glorious. It would have. So that's why I was I was you can ask my I was so disappointed because I could just see it was like I can't believe this shit. Atlanta is going to lose. They're going to be a burning crater of an organization, and it's going to be fantastic in 2013. And then they won. So that's why I was so disappointed. Um, but give me your super, give me your Super Bowl prediction on what's going to happen, and then get, then we'll get out of here. All right, so I will pick. Uh, I, I I'm, I'm not rooting for, I'm not rooting for anybody. Uh, I'll pick, I'll pick Frisco to make it, and I'll pick, uh, I'll pick New England. Sadly, I'm going to pick the Harbaugh Bowl. I'm going to pick Frisco and Baltimore. That's what I'm going to, that's what I'm going to go with, and uh, you know. Not gonna be, not gonna be a, it's not gonna be a fun uh, Super Bowl. Uh, and people watch out when Ray Lewis is in the quarter because he he knows how to use the knife. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, so on that note, for Dave Cariello, for Kevin Held, I'm Ralph Marlboro. Until next week, be safe. Hopefully, the Saints will find a new coach. You lie, man, tight. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. 
<sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my! Look at that! He is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. <laughs> 